always, I always even want to talk to people. Andrew, what's up, man? It's good to see you. Tell the people who you are and why you're here. My name is Andrew Shatkin. I run a uh, education and uh, a business and, and business uh, uh, site. I uh, write books. Uh, I've written ten books. Uh, five or three of them have been religious books, Christian books. I, I have to say that I do adhere to the historical Christian faith uh, in terms of my uh, full authority of Holy Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, people may refer to me as backward or stupid, or but I don't think so, because for some two thousand years this has uh, been uh, part of the world and it's growing in many places. It may have moved from Europe in North America, but it's flourishing in China, and it's, it's gaining ground in the Middle East. And uh, that's because, something, because there are differences. The West has become materialistic, I think, focused on materialism, and Christianity is not really focused on material goods. So as I said, I've written these books, Essays of the Christian Worldview, Essays of Faith, Culture, Politics, and Philosophy, and a book on the parables, and I've written two law books that I'm planning. I've just completed a book on the Psalms and working on one of the miracles and, uh, and on the sayings of Christ. Uh, so if you want to see my parables, uh, 41 Parable Interpretations, you can go on my blogs, my, my website, and I've written about 500 blogs on theological and political. I'm, I have to say, what was your name again? I'm Glenn. Glenn, yeah, Glenn, Andy. I have to say that I tend to be somewhat to right of center politically, but not entirely. To some extent, I think President Trump, let me tell you my, my view, and people can differ with, differ with me. A lot of people hate Trump. Believe me, they men you mentioned his name and they say, how did this guy ever become president? I think he's a good president, uh, personally. I think he's done a fairly good job. Do you think he's a good Christian? Uh, that I can't get into his soul or mind. That's something between him and God. But based on his actions, though. I think he's done his best in terms of his work. I think he, as I said, I think he's done a fairly good job. He's criticized for addressing illegal immigration. What do you expect him to do? It's his job. He's not, mm, about, he's yeah. not about to, uh, to allow people to come here illegally. I mean, it's absurd, you know. So right. I, I, well, I, yeah, I agree that we need to know who's coming in. I also think it should be easier to come in. You know, you, does that make sense? Like, I think well, we should be open. If we're a Judeo-Christian country, which I think that we are based off of, I think we should be like, it should be like, well, let's well, welcome people with open arms now. Well, I think there has to be, there's a legal process. You can't, right. I, I see what you're saying, but I think there has to be, we can't have a situation where people just walk in when they want to. Right. And, and uh, there's a, a, a process to come legally and there are legal avenues. And those are the avenues that should be used in my view. And yeah, uh, that, I definitely, I think there's a balance, right? I think know. it's, I think it's too hard to get it, it, I mean, it's been studied. It's very hard to become a citizen in the United States. It, I think it should be easier, but also we do need to know who's here, right? Like you need to know who your citizens are. You need to get people like social security and things like that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. I think I think we're going to disagree on a lot of stuff, but we're going to find common ground, and that's why I'm, I'm glad you're that's here. That's okay. You know, yeah. I'm always willing to listen to other people's perspectives. Me too. Points of view. 
you know, I'm Have willing to, that? you know, and that's, uh, you know, I see your point. I've taken it into account and thought about it. <laughs> and, you know, you're a lawyer, so you know, like, but I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you're, I talk about this in the podcast with everybody, especially in this country. Things are getting like way too divided. And I just wish we could kind of like come together a little more and like talk like maybe like the Greeks used to or like, you know, and just have a little more openness and conversation. Yeah, there should be. There should be. Uh, certainly. Uh, I, I have no issue with people who differ from me. Yes, I'm conservative for the most part, uh, but I have no issue with people who are not. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. As a matter of fact, there are certain aspects of my thinking that are tend to the left. I, right. as a Christian, I am concerned about poverty and eradication of economic inequality. I'm very concerned about that because I think that's what Jesus was concerned about. You know, right. yeah. he had a, certainly a large number of followers who were poor. Uh, so uh, these are the people he attracted, you know. Right. So yeah. uh, I have no issue with the left on that issue. I agree with them that we should be concerned about eradicating poverty. And I think we should be concerned with eliminating economic inequality. That is something mm -hmm. that, that I think is a priority. Right. And I think people get the things conflated. I think people conflate equality with like a quality of outcome. And I think we probably both agree that people should have an equality how they start. And as then start, right. Right. Of course, you like, have to, what do you think about this? I've thought about this. Uh, the bottom line is that um, we, we have some responsibility for making our lives. And if you don't really make an effort, there are avenues of getting education in this country, community colleges, technical schools, all kinds of schools. And there are libraries. If you want to read, you get a mm -hmm. library card, you can read. So really, the bottom line is, Glenn, is there an excuse if you, if you mess up? I don't think there's an excuse. Um, I think there's... The person is responsible for their outcome of their lives. Right. But I also think that there are different starting points, right? So it might be harder for you to go to a technical school. I'll give you an example. Um, my friend used to teach music in Newark, New Jersey. That's where I'm from, New Jersey. Okay. And, uh, and a lot of the kids that were, could go to the public school, their only option in that area was to go to this, like, I guess you could call it like a technical school. It was a music school. Right. But a lot of them weren't interested in music. And the school didn't get a lot of funding that it needed. So the education there, and he saw this firsthand. Was very was very poor, and yes, you can, you know, you can go out and like do things and try your best, but also there are, you know, it's it's going to be twice as hard for some people. And I'll I'll even say an example that's not, you know, maybe economical, like short people, for example. You're less likely to be a CEO by same amount as women and uh, and black people if you're short. You know what I mean? So mm. like, you do have to work harder. And it shouldn't, ha it shouldn't have to be that way. And that's where my, because I'm center. I'm like very independent. I, maybe center left, but I also agree with the right on a lot of things like guns. And I, I like to be objective. And I think objectively, the way I would, I would like it if everyone could be equal first. And then... Well, the question is, for sure, we have to face up to the fact, Glenn, it's something, a no-no, that our society doesn't hurt, that everybody is not equal in talents and abilities. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not. Yeah, absolutely. Not. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you could be equal as politically equal. You have one mm -hmm. man, one vote. But that's all. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, because um, uh, not everybody, people don't, I think, don't get anywhere in this country because they don't have the ability to get anywhere. I mean, that's the bottom line. Right, that's very... uh... everybody, Everybody has as much chance as anybody else. There's huge amounts of schooling available. There's scholarships, there's financial aid. There's a lot of opportunities in terms of education. So people who don't do it probably are not very good at it. They may not have academic ability at all. No? Right. No, I, and I agree with you. It's very, uh, it's very like, Tom, I'm sure you know Thomas Sowell. Uh, that's yeah. like something, yeah, that's a lot of the stuff he would write about. But wouldn't you also agree that it is a lot harder for some people and that might, it does, you know, hinder their success when it, sh- like, you know, if, if we can fix it, if we can fix those paths, then we should. If we can replace bricks that are missing on a path for some people, we should. Yes, I agree with you, but I, I've thought about this, and I know it's something people don't want to hear said. But um, the fact of the matter is, uh, in some sense, uh, we have to take up responsibility right. for our lives. Mm-hmm. And if they're, they're, so the issue is whether there could be a lot of reasons why people are not able to attain any level of any level in our society. It could be, and I'm not saying this is, this is invariably true, but our society does require a great deal of education to get any kind of decent job. And um, I think there are a fairly large number of people who lack academic ability. They're not good at it. Yeah, and that's everywhere, like everywhere in this country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and- so they have that, they are in a system which is academically based. That if you don't pass those tests in school, if you, do, you, if you don't do that, you will not get anywhere in our system. Too bad, but it's a fact. Maybe it is. It's wrong. Maybe it's wrong. But the people who do not pass those tests in high school, who do, do not, who are not good at mathematics or science, or English, they will not have the chances that perhaps they deserve because they, our society doesn't give them those chances. I don't think so. Unless you have a degree of academic talent in the United States, you're not getting anywhere. But what, you know, like what is academic talent though? If well, I, it is getting if I go to this damn school system effectively and successfully. But what if my school isn't properly funded and, 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 and I'm not learning and I don't know, I don't know how to get to my resources because uh, the neighborhood I grew up in is really like rough and, and the, the school that I go to isn't getting as much funding as like a do school I think in the school, Do I think the educational system is good in the United States? No, I don't think it's We're, good at all. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. very poor. I think there are, I run into people, Glenn, and I, I'm not critical of people because I know that everybody's got, they got their tough road to hoe in life. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't, I don't feel that way about other human beings. I don't know them well enough to make a judgment. Right. <laughs> but the fact, the fact of the matter, the fact, the fact of the matter is that um, uh, they um, cannot get through whatever reason. Yes, the school. I agree. The school system is poor. I have run into people who don't know the date the Civil War started, 
who don't know the date of the American Revolution, who don't know any kind of books that I, I I'm a little older maybe, but any kind of books that I read, whether George Eliot or, or Melville, or they don't know these things anymore. So the question is, what's going on in the educational system? That people mm. are, look, look, people say this, I'm in New York, okay? Right. Are, you in, are you in New York? New Jersey. Well, uh, there are large, I, I hate to say this, I'm not happy saying it, but there are a large number of people that can't read and write mm -hmm. that are illiterate. A huge number. Yeah. I, I can only attribute it to the fact, I don't think they lack intelligence. Exactly, yeah. I don't think they lack ability, but the educational system is not doing the job. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. So how do we fix the, how would you think? It really like needs, yes, I've discussed this. I had an interview at my podcast show with another a fellow in education. He said, we have got to fix our school system. It's, it's critical. Right. If, we, if we end up in a country where people can't read and write, we're in trouble. Exactly, yeah. And we, we as Americans, I think, if you're a true patriot, you know, you want to see your country do well. It doesn't mean that you're... But it's not going to do well if, it has, if it's a bunch of illiterates. Exactly, exactly. And, and the way to do that is, you know, figuring out... It's, it's not through, like, some sort of nationalism. It's through figuring out, like having conversations like we're having, figuring out how we can fix the education system. It has to be fixed. How do you, so how would you fix it? Like what are some- I don't know, it's, a, it's very difficult. Right, right. Uh, because um, we, the whole thing has been gone down. Our whole society has gone down. For example, I see, I live in an area in Queens, there are a lot of bars where I live, a huge number of bars. That's fine. Personally, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't drink all that much, but that's okay. If you want to go to a bar, it's a free country. I don't think you're, you're using your time effectively, but you know, if you want particularly, no. But I, I have taken note of this, Glenn. I never see anybody anywhere reading a book. Mm, that's so true. Yeah. I, As a I never see anybody reading a book. They'd rather go to a bar or maybe they want to pick up a girl, I guess, you know, or maybe yeah. just talk, talk to a girl. That could be more, that may satisfy them. Right. Don't you think? Yeah. And I think if people actually started reading, because I really started reading seriously the past two years, I think they'd discover it would be a lot easier to talk to those girls. You know, they'd figure out a lot well, of things about themselves. How do you understand that our society has declined to this extent? where people essentially can't read? Well, I would, I would, you know, it's nuanced. It's a bunch of things. Like one, like you said, it's our education system. And like you said too, which I do, I do agree with in part that it, it, there is a lack of responsibility. Um, and like I've, I've had- You'd rather it, you know, go to bars? Okay. Right, people would rather go to bars and look, you should be, we're social beings. We should, should be social, but like it shouldn't be you shouldn't be doing things at the expense of something that's actually going to make you happy. Right. So like if you read and you learn and you better yourself, if you're a better person, you will develop your mind effectively. Right. And you'll be a better person than you were yesterday. Yes. And you'll then, be an improved person. Exactly. And you know, taking responsibility is like the first, like um, I really like Jordan Peterson. It's something that he talks yeah, I heard, about. I heard of him. You would love him. You would love him. I think I would like him. 
Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll send uh, him your book through Neil. And, okay. Uh, um, All right. He talks about cleaning your room. It's like one small step for responsibility because if you clean your room, like that's an externalization of your mind. And how are you going to judge the rest of the world if you can't even clean your room? If you can't even get your own shit together? Right. That's right. But also, there's another problem. You write about environment because maybe a person comes from a family where there are, they, they, the family has no books in the house, okay? And the parents, for one reason or another, they may come from a poor section of society or a culture that doesn't feature college and books. That may be the culture that that person is living in, right? That culture may not be an academic culture. It may be a manual labor culture, something like that. Right. And the, the, uh, the parent may be uh, a person who is uh, cleaning bathrooms, which is fine. It's honest work. Cleaning bathrooms in offices or, or uh, picking cans off the street. Whatever job they might have, but that that environment for that kid, that kid will not know right this kind of thing. What yeah. I just described: books, learning, colleges. That parent may not know what a college is. Is possible? Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's what I'm saying. And like you know, it even goes further than that. Like, let's say you're living in like well, like exactly what you're saying. Like people living in Appalachia and their teeth are falling out because all they're drinking is Mountain Dew. They're not. They're in a culture where, like, they're not even thinking about college or education. No, no, that is it. That it's the culture that could be the issue. For example, I live in a neighborhood where there are a lot of Koreans and Chinese, and I can tell you, I don't think intelligence is limited to any particular race or group. I don't think so. Of course not. Yeah, it's not. No, but Asians are extremely motivated to education hugely motivated. This place where I live is, there are hundred, dozens of after-school tutoring places with every day I see the Chinese moms or Korean moms bringing their kids for this extra tutoring. They are significantly motivated. They, Asians all get into the specialized high school, Bronx High School of Science. I don't think they're any smarter. No, they're not. It's cultural. Right. Yeah, I have a, I have a friend who was born in China and I asked him like what the difference is. And he said they like in China, they, they school is more like military than it is like school. And it's like very strict and it's very education focused. And that's where a lot of like the stereotypes that in his words, a lot of the stereotypes about Asians being good at math and stuff come from it's all. It's like, of course you're going to be good at a subject in school. If like your culture is like, okay, this is like, you're getting ready for war, but it's academic. Their parents, the Chinese and Korean parents, they are on their kids' homework. They are, they are, they are, I was doing at one point some tutoring in China. I was online. And I had an interview, a job interview with this agency. And those Chinese parents are paranoid about their kids doing well in school. I mean, they are extremely motivated, the family, to motivate these kids to study. Uh, it's culture. Right. So I'm guessing, I, I'm asking you now, what, what about, I, I think American culture in general is, 
you know, there's that book, The Coddling of the American Mind, and maybe it's that, but- American seems- culture is not focused on knowledge or education, no. Perhaps the main fault of our culture, Glenn, I, I don't know if it's a fault that we are so focused on money that people can't think about anything else. Right, I agree with you, yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't like that particular emphasis. I disagree with it. I think there are other values besides money. And things that concern me. Uh, as a Christian, I'm certainly not going to embrace materialism. That's out mm. of question. I'm very concerned about poverty and, uh, and economic inequality. I want it ended. I want people raised up. The kind of people I was just talking about, I want them raised up to I know the potential, the intellectual potential they possess that isn't being, isn't being harnessed for some reason. If you're going to talk about a Mexican, say a Mexican lettuce picker, I'm not doubting lettuce picking. I'm just trying to understand why a culture might not work for them academically. Maybe that Mexican person has never seen a book. Maybe they don't know how to read. Maybe they barely speak English. That kid in that house is going to be severely, uh, severely going to have a very hard time. So where do you think, where do you think the American pursuit of like materialism, like why do you think it got popular? And then why do you think it kind of devolved our society and it kind of like degenerated the, the American dream or pursue and, and empathy here? Well, I think in the past, I don't think it was quite, when I talk about it a little bit, the forties or thirties, uh, I think there was more respect for books and knowledge at that time in our society. I think so. Uh, I'm not sure that's true today. Well, that's the bottom line. There's not much respect for it. Right. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, books are looked at as like nerdy or weak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think our society respects as Chinese and Korean society does. Also, Chinese and Korean society are very motivated to have their kids study classical music. Every Juilliard student, I went to Juilliard for some events or something. Every student was Chinese or Korean, every one of them. They are hugely motivated to music, that kind of music. Uh, whereas you're gonna find American kids going to a bar and listen to rock. <laughs> I mean, so, it, well, I gotta say, as a, I gotta step in here, as a musician myself, I feel like any, like I, I think the criticizing di- other musical forms. Oh yeah, I think where, where I, I think where the that. difference comes in is that classical music. If you're learning classical, I, I don't think it has to do anything with the actual music itself. But when you're classically trained, or if you're trained in jazz, which rock is kind of essentially. I like a form jazz. Of, yeah, jazz big, is amazing. I'm a big fan of jazz. Jazz is great. I love Billie Holiday uh, and the yeah. big spots and all that. You know but, the, do you listen to that jazz from the uh, like the '30s? Some of those, some of the, yeah, some of those artists were really good. You yeah. know, um, they, uh, of course, jazz has become a specialized uh, art form. At one point, it was, I think it was more connected with the culture. It was more popular, jazz. Yeah. A few years ago, yeah. not so much today. Well, it's kind of evolved, right? Like rock has its roots in blues and blues, blues is jazz. Yeah, I like blues too, yeah, I like blues. Yeah. 
and blues is jazz, but rock is, is. still blues, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And um, I think where people kind of lost the education aspect to music is they're not learning musical notation or theory. And you get that when you get classical music or you go to Juilliard um, or you like, but there's pop music majors who know, I know pop music majors in school. I went to William Patterson, which is a really great music school, mm -hmm. um, who, who knew more music theory than a lot of the classical kids. And I think it just- Oh, really? Yeah, oh, 100% because you, uh -huh. and there's different parts that go into it, but really it's just learning about the science behind the music. And I think that's what happens is a lot of kids learn, like I did how I learned, you learn chords, you, you read tabs, you're kind of domesticating how you learn music and you're mm -hmm. domesticating the experience. And, you, mm -hmm. and then you lose the educational aspect of what music is in general, whether it's pop, rock, rap, classical, or I don't know. Right experimental <laughs> that's right yeah well uh, i um as i say uh, i like blues and jazz quite a bit mm. what do you like i well i have some uh i have some louis armstrong cds mm. uh, i like louis armstrong you know he, yeah and he was he was quite popular but as i said i don't think i don't think you you could maybe you could inform me better I don't think jazz is quite as popular as it used to be. No, it's abs it's absolutely. I mean, it's yeah, it's absolutely not. I mean, yeah. Anyone listening, just look at Billboard 100. You know, it's just not. Right. It's right. yeah. Well, also there's another thing that I should mention as to this issue of materialism and money. I am a Christian, and um, I think there are other things that are important to me. I think I, I think we all have an obligation to help other people, to help our neighbor, to love our neighbor, if we mm -hmm. will. Uh, and I'm not about to abandon that position because having a lot of money or having a fancy car, I don't agree with those values. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I talk about this a lot in the podcast, actually. Money, it can buy you comfort to a certain point, but it's really, I mean, there are homeless people who are happier than millionaires. And I think that's probably if we were to do a study, it would be a fact like money. Like there's billionaires who still work 12 hours a day. So, you know, like, right. Like money doesn't buy happiness, right? Well, I don't think money is a value system. It is a necessity. Mm. We need it. Uh, but I don't make it my goal. As I said, I'm more concerned. I met some very, look, I mean, I don't make a judgment on a person's economic status. If they're homeless, they're homeless. Mm -hmm. Talking to some homeless people, they're very nice people. A lot of them are. You know, I mean, anybody could end up like that. You could lose your job. You could uh, go back, be going, go bankrupt. It could be anything that could lead to being homeless. So I don't, yeah. I don't criticize a person for that. I don't no, know enough about how they got there. Right. How they ended there is something happened in their lives. Maybe right. they're mentally ill also. Yeah, Maybe a lot of asylum drinking problem. Down. Maybe mm -hmm. they had a drinking problem. Maybe their their marriage broke up. The likely explanation is a loss of employment and the inability uh, to get another job or something, which can happen. Right. And I mean, we're we're at a huge job loss crisis right now, so I'm kind of well, that's it, you know. Yeah, like I'm worried about, you know, that increasing a lot and, you know, how we're going to how we're going to help. Like I we have to help people. Like we have I to. Think like you, I think you do. I think we have a responsibility as human beings 
to help other people. And uh, I think that also, I think the American economy is very tough. Mm. I think it's hard to get a job. I think it's hard to get a good job with a pension and benefits. That kind of thing. Those kind of jobs just are not around anymore. A lot of jobs are per diem. They're temporary. Some people like have two, three jobs to put together enough money to support themselves. I don't think it's that easy. No. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a system that's a puzzle and it's almost impossible to get every single piece and to, and to make that picture. Also, and with all due respect, I have nothing against other societies. A lot of jobs have been outsourced. Mm-hmm. Manufacturing jobs to China and Mexico, places yeah. like that. And that puts people out of work. We need to, we need to bring jobs back here. That's another Also, the unions, unions, one time there were a lot of union jobs. And the unions were very strong. And they provided people with, with middle-class lifestyle. But all, as I say, the outsourcing of the jobs also, unions, our society developed to the point where they got rid of unions. There aren't that many unionized workers anymore. Uh, it's mostly white collar or something, I don't know. But uh, the fact of the matter is that without unions, a, a lot of people can't get work. They mm-hmm. can't keep their, unions enable people to have a degree of job security. They have some rights. They're not, if you ha- don't have a union, you are at the mercy of your employer, the complete mercy of your employer. Yeah, that's an, sorry. I think unions are good. Yeah, it's an excellent point, Andy. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you brought that up. I, we, we are using, losing the idea of a union in this country to, to materialistic, and I'm not saying all bosses are bad because they're not. I, I like my boss, um, but like um, a lot of bosses are like anti-union and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Those unions are there as a democracy. That's what democracy is. Well, it's it. the workers agreeing upon something that needs to be changed. I think unions equalize. Right, yes. They give the workers some power. Mm-hmm. And look, I have to say this, Glenn. And uh, there are many people who get some power, whether they're bosses, who abuse it. They do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. I think they do. I mean, yeah, I would say Jeff Bezos is an example of that, right? He's not paying That's his right. workers enough. He's not giving them time off, like, or like sick time when we have a pandemic. Like, you are the richest man in the world. What are you doing? Like, like there needs to be an Amazon union, honestly. <laughs> there does. I, I'm for unions because I think that it is very difficult in our society to get a job, a, a good job, which pays enough and keep it. Mm-hmm. Unions enable people to keep their jobs. You can't be fired for any reason at all if you're a unionized worker. Right. They're, 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 they have some rights. Exactly, yeah. And people need those, you know, people need, need those rights. Uh, they do need them. And unions are how we got things like lunch breaks. They're how we got, you that's know, right. like that's Vacations how, yeah. and pensions and all kinds of stuff. But they have been pushed out of the picture. I mean, mm. look, let's, let's, let's define exactly what happened. The, our society and our business sector is based on profits. Right. They outsourced all these jobs, mostly manufacturing to cheap labor in other countries because it enables them to make a lot more money. 
Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's game theory because if you don't do that, other companies are going to beat you. And it's like, well, the only thing is that an American worker has the right to be paid a, a decent wage. And these companies are pushing workers out of work by outsourcing their work to other countries and paying peanuts to some Chinese or Mexican worker. But, and I mean, it's a fact. It is. And, and also them outsourcing, it, re- it results in a lot of, what you know, actual slavery. You look what's happening in China right now. Yeah, they are yeah. slave labor. China's slave they, labor. But yeah. in the name of profits, American companies go for this. Right? Right. Yeah. Um, no, that, that when you're only concerned about money, this is the result. How do you think people can be, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are obsessed with money and like they might call themselves religious or Christian. And they might, do you, you know, do you, yeah. Where, like, where do you, I guess, I guess what I'm saying, like, I think a lot of people manipulate the words of any kind of scripture to fit their, yes, yes, it's true. Their prerogative. And, you know, I guess, I guess I'm asking, you know, what, like, why are people so reluctant to accept that they like, I'll give you an example. Um, like, you know, someone that says that they're Christian and then like they'll kill their spouse. Um, well, well, it's like, actually you're, you're not they following. May say, they may say it, but right. saying isn't doing. Right. So how can people, sorry, how can people be more faithful in this country? And like, how can faith help, help people, I guess? Well, um, because um, first of all, you have to be, you have to understand Christianity and religious belief. Unless you understand it and absorb that understanding, and that the, the source of the understanding, I would have to say that the source of, of, of Christian belief is the Bible. It really is, you know. So, for example, the point you made, I just read a passage in Matthew the other day where Jesus says, don't be a person who talks or says, be a doer of what I say. It was a, a struck, passage struck me. Because he was saying, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you're, you're mouthing. It matters how you, what you do to other people. Do you love your neighbor? He said that. He commanded it. Not only that, he extended it. He extended it hugely by saying, love your enemies. I don't think I can love my enemies. That's an extremely demanding saying. It's a hugely demanding requirement. Said, but it's an important one. It is an important one. It's important because unless we love our enemies, they are going to have power over our souls. Unless we forgive them, unless we walk away and don't think about it and try to, try to like them, try to love them, it's a better it's a better recipe than hating them. Right, and that's the go- that's the golden rule in every philosophy and every religion. It's in yeah. Taoism, Hinduism, that's right. Buddhism stoicism it's everywhere you know treat others like you want to be treated and that doesn't just mean people who are nice to you or you like maybe you could it's easy to be nice and love a person that you like isn't it right exactly it's harder to what about what about this many people judge people today on their clothes how they dress they judge them on their looks do they look good are they good looking 
Do they mm. have nice clothes? And I have to say this, and I'm, I love women. I have a lot of women friends, but believe me, women judge guys on how they dress and how they look. Well, men do the same thing. Men, I think, also respond to how a woman speaks to them. Right. Tone of voice. Yeah. Tone that's of like, voice. that's biological. And like, I guess, I mean, yeah, women do that too. You know, it's all, it's all about like estrogen, testosterone. And so you think guys like, judge women on looks and clothes? I mean, yes. <laughs> I see it all the time. Isn't that a ridiculous benchmark to, to judge a person on something you don't even know just because they look good and dress good? Does that really mean anything? It doesn't. I think there's, I think there's some, I mean, there's biological reasons for it, but it doesn't mean anything. It's very superficial. I mean, I'd rather be with someone who I'm less attracted to that's nice than someone that's like really attractive and a bad person. And I think more people should do that. Well, do you, but do you think that, uh, that people should be judged? Our society emphasizes looks and wealth and clothes, mm -hmm. and dress, for example, there are many people that might reject a woman or man uh, because of their job, for example. They didn't right. have a prestige job. That's okay. I, I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. Many, many people will judge a person if they, if it's a, a, a laborer, a guy who's a laborer, maybe who drives a bus, that woman may want maybe more, more geared to a, a well-dressed lawyer or doctor than a guy who drives a bus. So they're going to reject that guy, correct? Yeah. And that's uh, kind of like what you were saying before. It, uh, it's a consequence of our society for sure. Um, you know, we're def our success is not defined by if we're a good person or by our happiness, but it's defined by like, how wealthy we are. Well, like, what does wealth mean? Does it mean you have a lot of money? Because maybe you do marry that person, be it a guy or a girl or whatever, who has a lot of money, and you're not as happy as you would have been with someone um, from a less superficial standpoint that you actually connect with on a spiritual level. So I do think it's wrong. I know why it, you know, you know why it happens. It's because of where we live. It's our culture. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the right way to go about doing your business. Well, love. do you believe, do you believe that people are attracted or uh, will, will discount a, 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 a person who does physical work? Uh, maybe a, a garbage man, say, sanitation man, a person who does something like that. And there are people, I don't do it myself. I don't judge people that way, Glenn. I don't do it. But many people will make that judgment and will look up and be and be be attracted to the the executive in the suit. Not maybe not an executive, but at least if someone is, if a guy is wearing a suit, that is a positive. I think it's a positive point of attraction for many women. A suit. You think so? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. It's a suit shows shows confidence. A, a suit shows. Well, it's it's a. Uh, well, what is a suit really? It's like it's a, it's a display power, of your wealth. Is it power? Power, yeah, hundred percent. It's 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 a cultural axiom that suggests that you are successful, right? Um, and there's, I mean, there's there's different like 
there's different archetypes that people are, are attracted to. And one of those is like, it, it's someone in a suit. It's a firefighter. Yes, it's a, yeah, military. It or on the other side, it's like, you know, the quirky librarian or like a nurse. That's why the outfits are like sexy nurse, sexy cop or whatever. Yeah. And it, it's based upon, I guess, it's really not just the monetarial stereotypes, but the cultural stereotypes that we've built. Well, let me ask you this. Um, uh, doesn't our society um, accord greater respect to the guy in the suit than to the, the, the guy who's cleaning the premises where you work? That person, yeah, are we accord what, greater respect. Should, does that person deserve that respect? I would Merely say, because, sorry. Go ahead. I would say I question whether they deserve that respect. That's all. Well, I think, I think everyone deserves equal respect. I think we're all what, you know, I think people more so should be respected upon their actions. Right. So like that executive, he might be like Norman Bates and be a serial killer. And that guy who's cleaning the floors. But our might, society, we are programmed to look down on people who do physical work as opposed to quote unquote professional work. Right, and it's we are programmed to look down at those people. Correct? Yes, I agree with that. What do you think of that? You think that's good? No, I think it's horrible. It and like is I was hard. saying, like right, like the guy in this, the, the executive might be the worst guy in the world. I mean, we see this with people like but Harvey is Weinstein. Is physical work and manual labor any less valuable or significant than than answering the phone and doing some paperwork? Is it not at all. <laughs> it isn't. No. Could be more important. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, if, if the world, you know, if it's an apocalypse, I'd rather trust the guy who does physical labor to watch my back than the guy who just answers phones all day. Well, that's what I'm saying. But our society seems to accord greater respect. I guess I don't know whether, whether the suit is the issue. Right. But, but to a person who seems to, to project that, position in society that person for many people is accorded greater respect than the mm. manual laborer than the guy who is um perhaps picking up garbage cans and, and dumping them in the truck that person many may, do you think a lot of women will not even give consideration to that kind of guy yeah definitely for 100 percent. just just based off of what he does and uh you know you know, presumptions and stereotypes and that sort of thing. They will not record that person a great, I say there is a society, it's a prejudice. I mean, yes, it's a prejudice. Yeah, there's a, there's a class prejudice, it's classist. It's, yes, it's, it is. Also, another thing that I have noticed, some people will be very concerned about the school, you, the college you have gone to. They will be very, very geared to that, having that, question answered and if you've gone to Princeton if you've gone to Harvard you your 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 status is raised for that person I yeah, don't know whether it, it should be I, I mean know. like I said with the homeless people and the millionaires like they're I mean Jean-Jacques Rousseau the great Jean-Jacques Rousseau yeah never went never went to college and I guarantee you he's smarter than a lot of those people that graduated Harvard well that's it of course, the times were different. I know that I have the writings of Abraham Lincoln. 
I think he went to fourth grade. He was a fantastic writer. Yeah. And, I, and I, of course, the times were different, uh, I think. I, I mean, it seems like, to, I, let me put this to you. Let me get, let me see if you can answer this question. One of the issues with people not being able to read or not reading at all is the attention span. Because of the distractions of social media and of our culture, people's attention span has decreased to fantastically, don't you think? Yeah, and I, that's perfect that, uh, you know, I just mentioned Rousseau, the domestication of human beings. We're, and, and we're allowing it. We're on social media all day. We're, you know, we're changing what we consider like communication. Like a book is communication. That's a conversation with somebody. But it's a more complex form of communication. It demands yeah, all, more. Right. You, you have to be more attentive to it. You can't just like look at it for a second, swipe up. You, you have to like dissect what it actually means and you have to listen to it, interpret it like we're doing right now, seeing if we agree with it or not and talking about it. And, and like, it's, a, it's an internal dialogue with somebody else. There's another thing that I've noticed and probably you've noticed it too. In our society at the present time, there is no uh, uh, critical thinking. There's less, I think there's less critical thinking. Well, for starters, and yeah. moreover, I think there is less debate and and discussion and exchange of opinions and thoughts like we're doing. There's less of that today. Yeah, there's Don't less. There's more tribalism. There's less empathy. I think, and I think social media probably has a role in that because you're kind of like this emotionless picture. You're this face or like this egg on Twitter, and you can just say whatever you want with anonymity, and it's taking away the the human. I mean, vocalization is only one third of communication. So you're bound to lose, like you said, like, you know, how Jesus and like every, all Buddha, all these people said, treat people like you want to be treated. It's hard to do that when you can't even read somebody. What do you mean read somebody? Uh, understand you can't, you, you can't be, you can't be in their presence. You can't understand that there's a good yeah, person. Yes. Well, yeah, I know many people who only I. I guess they're friendly to me. They say they are. Will only communicate uh, online with emails or um, or messages or something like that. There's never a personal encounter with many people. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yeah, it's sad. It is sad. So uh, let me let me put it this way: uh, Where's love in our culture? Can you find it? Yeah, I think I think this conversation is love because we're understanding each other. I yeah. think friendships are love. I think any kind of understanding, any kind of radical balance, right? I think people who are in search of a radical like it's it's like that's how I would refer it, like radical balance. You have all these tribes, but if you're radically obsessed with finding truth and balance and discussion, you I really don't think you can go wrong if you truly understand that concept, if you, it's like, it's like, uh, it's almost like the concept of trying to achieve a societal enlightenment of sorts, right? It's, right. it's, it's peace. It's it, but we're losing it. The farther you go down the either side of the political compass, it's not just a line. It's, it's, um, Oh, what would you call it? It's an angle, you know? And like, it's mm -hmm. like you're on a bike and the farther you go along one side, the faster you go down the extreme. Well, right. I think we should really try to get to that apex, that vertice at the top 
And once we understand each other, we'll have a loving society. And when you have a loving society, you have a, I mean, like the, the five good emperors, Marcus Aurelius, they had a mm -hmm. loving society and society mm -hmm. was better for it. Let me ask you this. Uh, you say that love can be found, but you know that many people don't look for love in their relationship. They look for money and, mm. look for, and they look for looks. Mm -hmm. Those are what they look for. No? Yeah, they, they, look, they, for look, love. <laughs> they look for crap. What? Well, well, should you, I mean, should you? Well, are they looking for love when our society tells people look for money and look for looks? It's too hard. You can't, it's like, I mean, there's studies, you know, like the richer you get, the less empathy you have. So I think you can't really, it's a, what would you call it? It's like an oxymoron. You like can't do it. You can't have that balance if it's too much of a materialistic you, society. Right, but the society tells people this is what you should do. It seems to tell people not about love, but about money and about looks. It tells people, look at People Magazine, look at Esquire. This is what you got to be right? Mm -hmm. Look at Cosmopolitan. This is what you got to be. They're not, that's not the reverse world. Let me tell you what, those images are not the real world. The real world is mortgages and kids. I mean, that is the reality of what we end up in. Mortgages and kids. Um, but we, we, I think so, not, we, the world is not People Magazine. It is not Esquire. It's not Cosmopolitan. That those are media lies. Mm -hmm. I guess they're ways of getting people to spend money. I guess they're using uh, you know, it's old old PR tricks to right, yeah, to make so, people think. Uh, well, that's not the world. You know, no, that. it's not at all. And neither is social <laughs> media. People are the world. Yeah, people. There's all kinds of people in the world. There's poor people. There's not so good looking people. There's old people. There's all kinds of people. Not, right. everybody, not, all, not all people are good looking and, and usually dressed. I'm sorry, they're not. That's not the world. Yeah. And it, it takes realism to admit that kind of stuff that, yeah, some people there, are. There are poor people. There are messy right. people. There are, there are people in difficult circumstances. There are people not good looking. There are people not very well dressed because they can't afford to get good clothes. All kinds of reasons why you not be well-dressed. It could be you can't afford to get good clothes or you're not interested in clothes. That could be one reason the person isn't dressed right. They don't care. Could be a nudist. <laughs> or something like that. But it also could be a person who's indifferent to that kind of thing. They may be more interested in other things like music or spiritual things or whatever they might do. And so they may not pay attention to their clothes. Yeah, it's possible, it's possible, isn't it? But yes, I, I agree. And I think I think that that attitude and it's not apathetic. It's just I guess it's more mild and it's content. Even if you're not dressing well, I think there's something much more that humans find much more attractive about someone who's more even keeled and accepting of their surroundings and who they are than someone who's really stressed. They're drinking four cups of coffee a day. They're trying to get their memos in. Yeah, that's know? true. Yeah, I know what you it's mean. It's unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and that's why people. I think that's why people find stuff like yoga, meditation, right. and there's a lot of like new age ritualism that's mm. getting very attractive. Right, and um, you know, I studied. I you know, I study mm. a lot of this stuff, and you're you know, you're a theologian yourself. Right, the main goal of a lot of these beliefs is getting back to that childlike 
mildness that we mm-hmm. had before we had all these right. the, all all this stimuli that is not right. natural to uh-huh. us. Of course, I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus is the is is God. So mm-hmm. those other things I'm not about to embrace. I respect people who might want to do that. That's the path they've chosen. I, I mean, I want that path, but that path is fine. Right. One thing you can do with your life. Yeah, exactly. We just got to love each other for what we believe. Like, I'm, I don't even know what I, be- what I believe, Andy. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably, practically, I guess I'm an atheist or agnostic. But like, You're an atheist. what is... I don't know. Like, what is God? Like, what do you mean by God? Does God mean like well, for everything? Me, Jesus is God. See, that's the issue. Exactly. So I guess I don't believe in the same God as you do, but I might believe okay. in a God in, in the sense that like we're mm-hmm. all kind of of the same energy and all of the same uh-huh. birth uh-huh. and and like you're right. Like, yeah, like there. Uh-huh. Even if you're a Christian, like God made man in His image and He made everything. So mm-hmm. like there, there is a sense that there's always something like mm-hmm. and uh, animism with the native americans i believe it was like everything has spirit in it and it's like well what mm-hmm. you know it's, it's such a complicated question andy it is yeah well i see what you're saying and I, if i knew more about and understood what you were saying i would i would try to grasp more what you're saying uh, new age and meditation and stuff i certainly would look into it you know yeah nuns nuns uh nuns meditate like prayers meditation it's just the same yeah it's the same breath you know right you're you're, you're speaking to god it's 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 got like theurgy involved. You're trying to invoke uh-huh. stuff from from the heavens, and uh, yeah. But Andy, it's, it's getting to about that time where I got to wrap up. Okay, the show. it was a good conversation. I thought it, it was, was really good. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. talking to you, man. I hope you yeah. come back on. Uh, I I thought it was quite 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 a lot of fun. You know, you yeah, had a lot I of points lot. to make. So did you, and I appreciated all of them, man. Um, where can people yeah. find you? Social uh, you media. You can find me on uh, Shack, Shatkin, S-C-H-A-T-K-I-N, show.com. It's my website, shatkinshow.com. You can see my blogs, podcasts, and, um, and books. And uh, you can also uh, reach me by email, a.schatkin48 at gmail.com. The main thing is go to my website and you'll see everything I've done. Amazing. And before we shut this off and make sure you check out Andy's stuff in the links down below, everybody. Um, Cause he's really great and he's really smart and he's written a lot. But before we go, I always ask my guests to either suggest a book or say a quote that they really love. Okay. Me, you want me to answer that question? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can say, I can give you a quote that from the Bible, it was said in criticism of Christ, and it's always something that I have valued and believed in. They said about him, and they couldn't understand who is this man that eats with publicans and sinners. Publicans were tax collectors, Roman agents, looked down on, and they said of him, and they couldn't understand it, who is this man that eats with publicans and sinners? Not the well-dressed, not the wealthy, sinners and publicans. That's what they criticized him for and couldn't understand why Jesus of Nazareth chose these people for his friends. That's my last comment. Andy, thanks for being on the show. And uh, we'll see you later, everybody. Bye. Bye. It was good. It was great.